2: What's going on Blue Jays fans? Welcome to Jay Bird Watching. I am your host this week. My name is Adam Corsair and we are here to get you through this pandemic together. And joining me to do so is Mr. Craig Borden and Mr. Brendan Pendekar. Gentlemen, how are we tonight? Wonderful, my friend. It feels weird, you know, b- both Brendan and I taking a back
0: seat. <laughs> I
3: know. That was a, that was definitely a different kind of introduction than I'm
2: used to. So, <laughs> keep
3: me on my toes. I'm like, "Oh, who's going to go first, Craig or I?" No,
0: so, that's
3: uh, all good buddy, we're doing well.
2: Good. <laughs> good. Good. So I got to ask, I got to ask. Like, obviously you know, like I had a little bit of a scare last week. I, I came down with a, what is now diagnosed as a sinus infection. So not uh COVID-19. Um obviously you guys sound like you're in good health. Um so that being said, um are you guys keeping your hands clean? Are you guys, like, all things considered, are you and your family and your loved ones doing okay?
0: Things are good here, even though I had to go to work today. Oh? <laughs> you had to go into the office today? Yeah, had to have IT responsibilities for a electrical engineer. <laughs> <laughs> so, had some things I couldn't be... I had to have my hands on them to be able to actually do what I needed to do today. And I kinda let the stuff pile up so I had to do it all in one day at least. So it mm. works out. But I was there and there's about a whole five people in the building, so I guess I'm gonna be all right. That's good. I think it'll be
3: fine. I hope it'll be fine. Well, it's a building yeah, that I, only I, has I, about a
0: hundred people in it, so just uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, I hear you. I actually had to get on the
3: on the subway uh in Toronto on Saturday to uh go pick up a rental car i was going to visit my parents for easter dinner um mm. and the TTC was completely completely empty which is something you never see especially on a saturday but i will be honest gentlemen uh when i got to union uh and i looked at my i uh, look at my phone for the time I'm like you know what about 10 30 11 a.m jay's game would have been at three o'clock that day probably when i would be about ready to uh get downtown and go to a bar and have some pregame drinks and then head on over to the Dome so it was a little sad having to get off at Union for a change and uh, yeah that was uh, not a fun little thing to realize that there should have been a Saturday afternoon game on on Saturday
2: How How eerie is it to go into a subway though with absolutely well I, i'm sure there was at least another one or two human beings in there but seeing as though toronto as you know is like pretty congested as it is in terms of a city and travel and public transportation how crazy was it to see like an empty vessel of a subway
3: yeah it was uh, it was different it's a shock to the system you know uh and even when you get off you have to do a little bit of walking down front street uh, actually in the direction of the Rogers Center. No, it was not my natural pull that
0: way.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: You're <laughs> You're sure. there, but,
0: uh, yeah, I'm
3: sure. The North star consider.
0: shining bright there in the white ball park.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The tower, the, no, no, no. But, yeah. No, even walking around the streets and just seeing like legitimately nobody and no cars driving around either. Like, as you said, there was maybe a small, small, small handful of people, but no more than like five or six people within a certain radius of me. So, it's weird. It's like you have the entire city to yourself, which is uh, a little unnerving, but it's a, it's a good thing at the same time. So, props to the people of Toronto for staying home, unlike what I did on Saturday. Yeah,
2: yeah. It, it doesn't seem like that's a a popular um, a popular movement here in the United States. But you know, we're not we're not going to get into that. We'll we'll keep politics aside. I will say though, I will say that you know, obviously. Brennan, you are a 49ers fan. Craig, you and I are Bills fan. And not to, like, plug the NFL too much here, but I've been, the, yeah, I've, been <laughs> passing, I've been passing the time uh, quite nicely with – I don't know if you guys know this. And, I'm, again, I'm not trying to promote anything NFL. I know this is a Blue Jays podcast. But League uh, Game Pass or League Pass, whatever it is, is free. Free for everyone. You don't even need to put in a credit card, nothing. You can watch any li- any – well, former – Recorded NFL game that you want at no cost, nothing. Really? I am so yes. taking
0: advantage of the Bill, Bills yes. uh, You know, playoff runs now. <laughs> Dude, I just love yeah. to thank the game today. It was awesome. I might have to have a flutism in there. <laughs> <laughs>
3: how, how, can you go? How far can you go back? Like how many years? Like endless? Like or like how far?
2: I didn't check. I, I got as far as 2016, but I, I didn't. That's not what limited me. I, I think you right. can go back a little further, but I guess as far as their archive will, will take you. Whew.
3: Well, yeah, that'd be uh, dangerous. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Michael, That's the
1: what whole. I'm
2: saying.
3: Now, Free... if they all
0: of a sudden have, like, the football life and all that kind of stuff in there involved, that would be, just be the end of my actual work production.
2: Yeah, it's game <laughs> It's a game changer for sure. Oh. But, um... Well, uh, you know, let's let's shift gears away from the NFL. um let's let's talk some Blue Jays because that's what the the listeners are here for. Um we got a lot of bracket talk in two different types of areas here, and we have a lot of uh, Wellesian angst to get through. We have a lot of Hall of Fame talk to get through. And we have a little bit of video game conversation to get through. But let's start with our very own bracket. We're gonna call this the bracket check. Now uh, this was brought on to the Twitter sphere by Jay Birdwatching. I think it's called Blue Jay's Madness if I'm not mistaken. Um, let's check in on that. We broke down uh, since I think it was 2010, the the top blue Jays in each respective area of the infield and outfield uh, and you know relievers and starters uh craig where are we with this uh with this bracket and as, if i'm not mistaken we recently just put up the outfield bracket um where are we at with this
0: i'm actually going to defer this to the person that thought this whole thing up or at least oh, was yeah. the thieving person of where the idea came from yes Brendan, <laughs> yes. Brendan panicar my friend dive into this thing tell me what the hell is going on
3: <laughs> yeah guys i could see on our new fancy microsoft teams tool that you both uh are in the bracket now. Just uh, a little plug there from Microsoft so everybody knows. It's <laughs> Where's easily our sponsor started. money? Uh, it's a small, it, right? small cup a little bit small of money cup. for this, I think. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, we've, uh, we've gone through, um, so basically over the last week and a bit, uh, the three of us created our own bracket and seeded people how we saw fit. Craig and I, when we hopped on last week, and Adam with your bracket in hand as well, we went through and basically. Started to feed people and give rationales for where, where and why we seated some of these Blue Jays players. And at the end of that, on um, I think it was Thursday night or maybe Wednesday night, I took off three brackets and seated everybody and used some fancy math skills uh, and uh, basically took the average and put people in where they should be seated. So uh, we put that out on Twitter all the matchups over the weekend uh, and into today. And we have the left-hand side of the bracket done for starters, so we've moved on to the round of 32. Uh, and we have our first two um, matchups solidified in the outfield with the rest coming tomorrow.
2: Is there is there anything... We'll start with the starters, because that looks like it's pretty much done, more or less. Is there anything that came out of the starters bracket that surprised you in terms of victory? Because from what I'm seeing... It looks a bit pedestrian. Now, I guess if you want to call upsets, I don't even know if you can call this an upset. But Aaron Sanchez (laughs) over R.A. Dickey, which is weird because Sanchez was seeded 10. Dickey was seeded 7. Although Sanchez did advance. That doesn't seem like an upset. But by the numbers, I guess it is. Did anything surprise you or jump out at you when it came to this?
3: Craig, I'll let you take that one. You go for it. You peed me up for that last one.
0: <laughs> I was surprised <laughs> that they got so many people on the Henderson Alvarez train. Just saying, there right? <laughs> was actually a lot. Yeah. So the fact that there was a few votes for some, I'm sure it was just people, you know, more or less photo bombing the uh, <laughs> the results here. The fact that the Ra Dickey thing, I was surprised it was as close as it actually was. I was wondering how many people uh, actually listen to our show, Brendan because we made the the goof that it was more or less R.A. Dickey was uh, not unfairly criticized but I think it was one of those things that he was set up with such lofty expectations being a Cy Young winner at the time of the trade that he could never in a million years possibly come back to being a Cy Young award winner in the American League East nonetheless so the fact that he matched up I'm going to say even 60-40 basically is what it turned out to be here against a guy that had crazy stuff and was a fan favorite in aaron sanchez i guess what it boiled down to is was people's injury prone fun with aaron sanchez or R. A. Dickey having a few bad knuckleball days
3: yeah i'll be i'll be completely honest i uh i was surprised that aaron sanchez moved on myself uh i don't think i was overly favorable with where i seated sanchez but we'll give him credit, obviously, for that incredible 2016. I mean, without Aaron Sanchez in 2016 leading that rotation and being an ace like we all thought he could be, um, they wouldn't have made the playoffs. I mean, you can also say Estrada and Happ were major contributors to that and Stroman too, but uh, Sanchez was really the guy who would go out there and be the stopper every fifth day if they did have a little bit of a losing streak and get the team righted. But I think it, it, you're right, I think it just confirms what we have all known to be the Blue Jays fan base's attitude towards our Dickey and it's one of disappointment with his tenure with the Toronto Blue Jays because he came with that lofty expectation and he didn't exactly live up to it. Now he also deserves a little bit of credit because his second half of 2015 after all the trades was impeccable and I'm pretty sure he had an under 3 ERA for all those starts. Now he didn't deliver when it mattered most in that game 4 start against the Kansas City Royals and the ALCS but Mm -hmm. I thought that the body of work for Ra Dickey would have been enough to get him by Aaron Sanchez in this matchup, considering Sanchez only had that one incredible year as a starter uh, and half a really good season in the bullpen in 2015.
2: Well, Aaron Sanchez, if I'm not mistaken, is jobless at the moment. Um, I'm just I kind of tossing, right, yeah, yeah. I'm just tossing that in there because although he did advance here. Uh, maybe Ari Dickey does deserve a little bit more credit than Blue Jays fans want to give. And again, I, I do agree with you both that the expectations were sky high for Ari Dickey. In fact, that entire 2013 team coming in was just the expectation. I think there was even a book called Great Expectations. Did a Rash not not a Rash? Shadibidi write that? I think it was shy. yeah. Was it was a book on that
3: 2013 team.
2: It was called Great <laughs> Expectations, so there you go. So, like, it, maybe that fuels this because there was such a letdown and such a deflation when it came to that uh, that team and that season. Um, but nonetheless, like, I, I do think it's a little serendipitous that Aaron Sanchez is now in the second round facing off against Marcus Stroman. Like, that to me <laughs> is kind of poetic if you think about
0: it. Maybe that's how it was all laid out, Adam.
2: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Can I Maybe use some I segue you'd,
0: points? You'd, you'd... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, on the great expectations idea, are you shocked that Mark Burley completely obliterated Angry Bird Sean Markham?
2: No, not <laughs> at all. I don't either.
0: No. I'm... <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. I like Sean Markham, but I, was, I thought that was a good matchup. I thought that was honestly one that would come down to being a 50 50 at our swing move there at 8 to 9. But what do I know? Apparently, nothing.
2: The one thing I do remember about Sean Markham is this giant Mizuno glove covering his face. And it was like the most well-broken in glove ever. And I was just like, I don't really necessarily like him as a pitcher. But for a glove, that was one of the most beautiful gloves I've ever seen from a pitcher. But he did land us Brett Laurie at the end of the day, which landed us Josh Donaldson. So I guess like residually, he has some value.
0: (laughs) There it is. Six degrees from Kevin Bacon level. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes, seriously. So,
2: I Yeah,
3: I, 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 I was surprised a little bit that Markham didn't keep it closer because his 2010 was really good. Uh, and I, I doubt people um, would have taken what he got in return for it. But if they did, I think it would have been a lot closer. To be like, yeah, Markham, you know, he had that really good 2010, which boosted his trade value to get a Brett Laurie from Milwaukee, which mm-hmm. in turn got a straw Donaldson down the year. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, I I think the rest of them are pretty straightforward. I mean, I don't think Carlos Villanueva was beating Marcus Stroman or Ryan (laughs) Baruffi over Marco Estrada. Or or Laureano Price. (laughs) Exactly. The one I thought might be a little closer, guys, was Trent Thornton and Ricky Romero, just because I know Romero was really, really good in 2011. And Craig and I were joking about this a lot last week. When you go through the list of those starters there, outside of Haps, and maybe marco all the rest of the guys on here are and mark burley uh all the rest of the guys here are one year wonders when you look at them Henderson mm-hmm. alvarez had his one good year david Price had wow. a half a year Mar- brandon morrow the one good year in 2011 sean markham in 2010 drew hutchinson in 2014 before he fell off a cliff marco estrada was a little bit better than that but it, it, it's crazy to see how many one-hit wonders this team has actually had and even when you go through the rest of the bracket especially the outfielder spot my god that's a train wreck
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have one question for Adam Corsair about the Sean Markham glove thing what's up more epic glove with sean markham's beaten thing or troy tulowinski's more or less thing he had since he was a
2: teenager
1: <laughs> see tulowinski's <laughs> is like
2: legendary because he refused to give it up but i can't count how many errors towards the end of his tenure as a blue jay that that glove has cost us
0: it was a few weeks away from of uh, you know his sandlot days is what you're saying
2: yeah <laughs> I like it was <laughs> Yeah, he he had to uh, he had to retire that sooner rather than later. But look, so uh, like it, hopping on the the fanfare about this, I do think that, and not to take anything away from Ricky Romero's abilities while he was with the Blue Jays, I remember after the holiday uh, trade, Romero was the guy that was like, I'm going to step it up, I'm going to be the guy to lead this starting rotation, and he was sort of like that guy that people were, well, minus Kyle drebeck because of the return in the trade. But why did you say? Rich- it? Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Ricky Romero was definitely one of the the highlights of the team, at least for fans uh, and the future of the team. But still, even now, like maybe not so much anymore. Admittedly, I haven't really kept up with it. But the podcast that he produced last year, especially, um, that brought back a lot of like memories and a lot of sentimentality. When it came to Blue Jays fans, so I do think Ricky Romero still holds a special place into Blue Jays heart. So it doesn't really surprise me that he surpassed Trent Thornton because Trent Thornton is still shiny and new, and uh, he still has a lot more to reach than I think Ricky Romero ever did. Yeah,
3: point, I think too. a lot of people, I think a lot of people realize uh, that Ricky Romero's downfall in twenty thirteen. I guess twenty twelve it started. Um, was due to his chronic knee issues that mm. people be surprised he was able to go out and pitch for as long as he did. So it was inevitable he was going to kind of fall apart uh, toward the end there. So maybe people have a bit of a soft spot for him. But I, mean, I when Craig and I talked about it last week. If you go back and look at Romero's 2011 when he was uh, an all-star, um, I know he wasn't voted or selected and he was a replacement for a pitcher who was either injured or pitched close to the day or whatever. But uh, there is a case to be made at the end of that season when you go through and look at all the statistics for American League East starters, but lefties in particular, that Romero was the best lefty uh, in the division that year, and that included David Price and CeCe Sabathia, and somebody on the Red Sox that I'm forgetting. They had a good one as well, but he was really damn good that one year. So yes. I get It's
0: got to
3: sure.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. Could have be been, yeah.
2: <laughs> Some rando. Um... <laughs>
0: I got to mention the fact that we had over 800 votes on that first round for the starting pitchers alone.
2: There you go. go. Thank you very much,
0: Blue Jays fans. You're always the best, and we're always glad to have you in our (laughs) barroom little chat here.
2: (laughs) Speaking of uh, Blue Jays fans and keeping the votes going, let's let's, uh, move on to the infield. Um, I will say that I'm not necessarily surprised with the results. They seem like they make sense. However, However, again, not to take anything away from Justin Smoke, but you guys know Kevin Biggio is my binky. I cannot tolerate <laughs> Justin Smoke moving on ahead of Kevin Biggio because I've said this before. Today, I feel like Biggio has the most beautiful and sound swing on the Blue Jay squad. It breaks my heart that he didn't advance, but otherwise, I have no issues with the advancements
0: yeah i think that one was one of those inevitable ones that the fan favorite outweighs the new guy yeah but then I you, how,
2: like, i'm totally shocked it, you that had...
0: josh donaldson got um you know lit up jose molina i can't <laughs> oh yeah i don't know what happened here <laughs>
3: i believe there was a stupid little vote for jose molina too whether it's somebody <laughs> clicking it by accident and be like oh fuck I know I've done that before on polls. Uh, <laughs> Jose <laughs> Molina gets a
0: token 2.2%, which is very similar to where a certain other Blue Jay ranked on another voting that we're going to talk about later. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. No, yeah, I think I wonder if if, if, Bishy, if there was one more year of
3: Kevin Bichu in this, I would not be surprised if he would have gotten by Justin Smoke, just because Smoke's tenure with the team started off pretty poorly to the point where people were like calling for the front office instead at the extension signing of them. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I think one more year, Bizio, and that would have gotten by smoke because you can see a trend with some of the other people that advance too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The most interesting advancement though. Now, like if we're looking at the rounds, um, like at, at, if we're going to play predictions here it would be no surprise for JD to advance um my money's on Justin Smoke over Troy Tillawski cuz i still think like even though Troy Tillawski is probably the better overall talent Justin Smoke has that fanfare and blue jay's lore within him when Troy Tillawski left it was kind of sour um Bichette and Martin that's going to be a really interesting matchup and Guerrero oh, Jr. I agree. and Cardinal Seal those two matchups i'm keeping my eye on for sure does anybody want to point agree, out the fact I that agree. Devin
0: Travis still got Almost 35% of the votes against Troy Tulewinski.
2: Dude, Travis was Almost. a warrior!
0: <laughs> yeah, I,
3: I honestly thought that there was an outside chance that Travis was going to get voted through just because of how highly regarded he was and what a good dude he was. But also the fact that he was healthy, he was
0: pretty damn impressive. Uh, oh, yeah, he, he was play. probably one of the best second basemen ever in a Blue Jay uniform, if you want to make the argument if sample size means anything. Mm. <laughs> oh, I agree. I, <laughs> but, I agree. He was awesome. <laughs> but you talk about what? He had a collective whole season under his belt and batted 320. <laughs> That's pretty damn Yeah. Good. yeah.
2: <laughs> I remember uh, when things started to go downhill in 2017, like the saving graces, when is Devin Travis coming back? And I was like, uh oh, that's that's what we're banking on right now. Devin Travis coming back. Like, <laughs> but still, like, I, I did he even play any playoff games? I don't think he did. Never did. No.
0: No, I I don't believe he did. No. Remember, we shame. had somebody. Oh, frick, who the hell was it? Oh, yeah, Chad Pennington. too. Oh
3: yeah, Jack- Chad Pennington in 2015. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he He pitched. <laughs> yes, he did.
0: <laughs> So uh, it's insane how my, that one year, it's like, okay, if, if we had, who were we talking about, Brendan, a couple weeks ago that we were having it, could have had in left field, and then you, what, put Chris Colabello at second base? <laughs> oh, I don't remember. Uh, we were talking um, to somebody, I can't remember. We were like, oh my God, if we had him in left field, it would have been the best thing in the world, but we traded him. Oh,
3: was it Zobrick? Was it
0: It might have been if we
3: traded for Zobrist, or
2: I know AA wanted him really bad. There
0: was somebody else that we traded away as an outfielder, though. That I can't remember. Oh Oh, no, we were talking. It was if we actually signed Eric Thames. Oh yes, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Eric Thames goes on to hit 30 home runs with the Milwaukee Brewers that year, but no, don't worry about it.
2: oh he had to go to Korea.
0: (laughs) So, should we talk about where he was on this now? (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> might as well. Or do you Same guys way.
3: want to go through and get some predictions for who we think is going to advance on this side of the bracket, That'd or do you easy. want to revisit that later? Uh, go for
2: it. well, so the outfielders, from my understanding, isn't completed, and we haven't started on the relievers. Correct. Correct. Okay. Um, why don't we why don't we go through the starters because those two bracket, the starters and the infielders are are finished. Why don't we give our predictions for those eight matchups and then we can move on? Sure. We'll start with you, Ben.
3: Uh, I will go, obviously, J-Hap over Mark Burley. Um, This one will be tough. I don't know, guys. David Price for Ricky Romero. I think there's still enough shine on David Price from his half a year here. That Price will move on over Ricky. Um, Moro Estrada will be interesting, uh, just because I know Moro was a fan favorite as well for a few years, but I think Estrada's playoff performance is enough, uh, enough to get my vote, and that is an awesome matchup for me because Morrow was my first ever jersey of the new editions that they are currently wearing. Nice. Uh, and I got the Estrada one as well. So it's a Battle of Panic jersey qua- and a, a you've closet. You actually met Estrada. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, yeah, that's ran- it. Random fun oh. walks. They're, you were in St. Louis when right? yeah. you
3: walked into them, right? It was in St. Louis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, was a, it was a rained out day, and they were just all walking around the city. And I we know. were walking towards the casino, which is, I think, where they were staying. To, go gamble and I won some money oh, nice <laughs>
0: that was a hell of a day <laughs> then <laughs> was a great
3: day <laughs> worked out for a rain out <laughs> worked out yeah and then uh, I'm also gonna go this this one I think Sanchez for the reasons I thought that Dickie would beat him out just for the only the one year I don't think that will be enough to get him over Stroman I think it will be Stroman I'm, the, the favorite by seed other than Price and uh, really a 5 and a 4 it's not much of a difference so all of the favorites uh, in every matchup.
0: So, I'm going to agree, except for the David Price-Ricky Romero thing. I think David Price's Ricky Romero, David Price's playoff, screw-up initially, is going to even him out pretty close to Ricky Romero.
3: I hope you're right. I want to see some like ones that come down in the nail-biter or something like that. Some of them, I mean, it's the first round, so we're going to have a lot of skewed results and favored one way, but I want to start seeing some, like, That one might be the closest one we have so
0: far.
1: Mm.
3: Yeah, I think you're right.
2: I'm going to go with an upset here, guys. I'm going to go Papa Bear Burley over Hap. I I don't know. I think that Burley, like, has a special place. Gibby loved Burley, right? He loved Burley. And, like, we still have, yes, there's that small but vocal fan base that always will attach to the fire Gibby thing. But I feel like that whole, like... I don't know. That was like an incarnation of new Blue Jays fans in 2013. And I know like J-Hap kind of came out of nowhere with, you know, two stints with the Blue Jays, but... Mark Burley man I don't know the innings eating and his repertoire with the Blue Jays and how he never complained like there was talk remember when he got traded from Miami he was like what about the 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 dogs is he going to have dogs in Toronto and everybody <laughs> was going to bring that up yeah like everyone yeah. was like he might <laughs> not come because
0: on the dog <laughs> and he stayed like he
2: didn't he didn't care like he he was a cool laid back guy and I don't know I think Burley might take that no nothing against Hap at all nothing against him at all but I just think that you know, Burley will will take the cake in that, but otherwise, I, I I agree with you. I think Price will edge out Romero. I think Estrada just being a fan favorite in that playoff performance over Moro. I I just come on, like that's a no-brainer for me. And Strowman, people still to this day defend Marcus Strowman. Uh, Aaron Sanchez not being on a single team right now, being jobless, that tells you all you need to know. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I think Burley is going to be the upset. They eight over the one seed. How about that?
3: I could see that, now that you bring it up, because Mark Burley's tenure here was really damn good Uh, for that stretch. He provided stability to that 2015 rotation that was terrible when it first started that season. And you remove Burley from that equation, and you have a whole bunch of guys going up and down and inconsistent performers like Hutchins. Dickie and Daniel Norris and all those guys. So I could see that one actually being pretty close because there is a, a, a really big fan base for Mark Burley's here. And a lot of people bought Burley jerseys when they bought mm-hmm. him in that trade more so than like a Josh Johnson or whoever yeah. else they got. I was all
0: over Josh Donaldson. Or Josh Johnson, man. Josh <laughs> Johnson. <I was> <laughs> I, it, it, talk about untapped potential, guys. That's yes. <laughs> a yes. guy that should be even, you know, from everything we were sold... And everything we saw when he was playing with Miami. Yes. He should be all over this list.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So can I point out one fun thing about Mark Burley and my J-Hap matchup here? Absolutely. As much For as I it. would love the upset there, my biggest problem is my favorite years watching Mark Burley are not in a Blue Jay uniform.
2: You're right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, with the
3: White Sox.
0: Yeah. Every time I picture Mark Burley, I picture that freaking no-hitter or him doing the ridiculous glove flip thing through his legs to get the guy out at first base.
2: <laughs> was was that Mother's Day or Father's Day that he had the no-hitter?
0: I think it was Father's Day. I think Day. it was Father's Day.
2: Mm. Yeah, and I was remember that. that. Ridiculous and I was like, that's, catch that's, that's by the...
0: Dermaine Wise. Yes.
2: <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Who ended yeah. up being a Blue yes. Jay, too. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> I'll no. be honest. I, I was kind of expecting Burley to eventually throw a no-hitter as a Blue Jay. Just because he was that kind of guy who could get out really, really damn quickly and get so many ground balls at a time. I, I was kind of expecting a burly no hitter when he was with the Blue Jays. But yeah, he was, he was close. Did he couple. come close a couple times? He, I think so. He definitely brought a few into like the seventh and maybe even the eighth. But uh, I'm not sure if he ever brought one into the ninth. I can't remember. Mm hmm.
2: All right, uh, let's move on to the infield. So we got Josh Donaldson versus Adam Lind, Troy Tulewiski versus Justin Smoke, Boba Bichette versus Russell Martin, as mentioned, and also, as mentioned, Vladdy versus Edwin. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time uh, Josh Donaldson versus Adam Lind. I think that's a no-brainer, Josh Donaldson being the one seed. Should advance uh, Tulo versus Smoke. I think that's going to be close. I think the, all three of the remaining infielder battles are going to be closer than people may anticipate what about you guys craig start with you i think
0: vladdy is unfortunately going to get slapped
1: really (laughs) oh wow wow this
0: fan base loves the edwing it's not just ezekiel carrera running around with a freaking stuffed parrot (laughs) it's it's the fact (laughs) that Edwin Encarnacion was the epitome of everything what became with the, the Blue Jays' you know, eventual success in 2015. Mm. Jose Bautista and Edwin Encarnacion come out of more or less nowhere to be two of the best offensive forces in Major League Baseball and consistently did it for years. So I just don't see the hype train of Vladimir Guerrero beating out somebody that literally is worn around on everybody's backs, just like Jose Bautista on their jerseys today. I think those those echoes of the 2016 wildcard game are still too noisy to have Vladdy be, you know, what? (laughs) He did really good as a rookie, don't get me wrong, but was he Mike Trout like everybody thought he was going to be? No.
2: No, no, and
0: and – Bichette Vladdy will be eventually. Vladdy will eventually be Mike Trout. I am not worried about that one bit. Just for the record.
2: <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because you're right. Like we can't, we have to evaluate this over sort of like I, I know it's unfair because it's apples and oranges, but it is a decade span that we're talking about right here, and the sample size for Vlad is just one year compared to the impact that Edwin Encarnacion had. Now, I guess the argument to, uh, you know, combat this would be. Edwin had an opportunity, quote unquote, to come back to this team this year and there wasn't a lot of chatter. There was some chatter to be like, yo, bring him back. But I think people were like, if we had to choose between him or Vladdy, you know, at a DH spot potentially or, or eventually first base, I'm going to go with Vladdy. And I got to I, I got I to gotta agree with that. But again, we have to evaluate this all over like a long time span or throughout their tenure thus far as uh, as Blue Jays. But uh, Brendan, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. What were you going to say?
3: No, no, not at all. I don't. Even, I can't even remember what I was going to say on on that specifically. Um, yeah, no,
2: skip, skip over me. <laughs> no, why? Is, what do you? What do you? What do you look at when it comes to the the infield bracket? You agree that Donaldson will probably destroy Adam Lynn, right?
3: Yeah, I don't think it'll be close there. Um, Adam Lynn's most productive years were in the previous decade. So if we if we combined. The decades and kind of expanded it a little bit more. Maybe Lind would get a little further in this, just based off of his like '08 and '09. Um, Tulo Smoke is going to be the most interesting one to me, and I think it'll be really close. Um, Part of me wants to say that I think Tulo will advance, just because if you don't add Tulo at the deadline uh, and you stick with Jose Reyes at shortstop, Mm -hmm. I don't know if this team ends up overtaking the Yankees in the division they may get to a wild card but just the fact that Tulo short up the defense it made it more comfortable for some of the ground ball pitchers that they have on the staff knowing that they had a gold glover in Tulo this is it's a dugout change exactly mm-hmm. the dugout change with Tulo and Tulo earned the nickname from some fans as dad and I think even in the clubhouse he was just so well respected because he would joke around and goof around from time to time, not on camera, but maybe in the uh, in the dugout and in the clubhouse. But just the fact that they had that veteran to lean on, and yeah, I think everybody was kind of in awe that the Blue Jays had Tulo. Whereas Smoke, he didn't really contribute to the two playoff teams at all. It was after that; it was 2017 when he broke out. I'm all for a good redemption story, like how Jay Happ redeemed himself on a second tour of duty here. Um, and there's one other I'm blanking on as a redemption story. But anyways, so just kind of following that, I think that will carry smoke a bit. But I have a feeling Tula will advance.
0: Um, if you were thinking Tony Fernandez Mark. was probably the best redemption story in Toronto Blue Jays history. Yes. yes that <laughs> the 1993 World great. Series. It's been playing like clockwork. Come on. <laughs> Did you miss it? <laughs> So may I just point out the fact that you almost made me throw up in my mouth a little bit about picturing Jose Reyes the, down the stretch in 2015. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, <was> so <laughs>
3: it's <was Yeah>. terrible. <laughs> it
1: hurts.
0: <laughs>
2: so you think Tulo will advance and Bichette I, over I Martin? I uh,
3: I that one I'm, I'm kind of tough on too because I think tough. the fact that Martin is Canadian will be enough to push him by two months of Bichette I think the body of work is big enough for Russell martin and a productive body of work i mean he, he did kind of break down towards the end of his tenure especially in 2017 and then he ultimately got traded in 18 but i don't know i mean if people it depends on how people want to vote too we're not going to stop them from voting this way this is for the best God. blue jays of the 2010s decade and they had their toes in the water Vlad and, and bow at the end of the decade but if you are taking in the fact that they're currently on this team in 2020 and will be for the next two years, then I think Bo could move on if people are voting at it that way. Uh, and same with Vlad, but I, 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 am more so with Craig. I think Edwin will annihilate Vlad in this matchup just because mm-hmm. Edwin, he, 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 he like, he, I know he played second fiddle to Jose for so many years, but he is still a fan favorite, even though he left and had the chance to come back and whatnot uh, this past off season. I, I think Edwin moves on. I'm going to go Russell Martin, Tulo, and Donaldson as the other advancers. Nothing too fancy.
2: Yeah. Out? Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, I was going to expand on
0: that. But I was ahead, just going to say something about the Boba Shet thing. Yeah. What rookie in any memory <laughs> has had the kind of debut that Boba Shet has had? I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not even talking fresh. just Blue Jays. I'm talking baseball. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> that's a a. heck of a, That's a heck of a thing to say against – even somebody like Russell Martin. So
2: maybe Bryce, maybe, maybe, but, but yeah, I got to agree with you. So I think Donaldson will, uh, I think that that will be the biggest known contest. It'd be surprising if Adam Lynn hits double digits in this, in this voting poll in terms of percentages. I, I can't see him get, hitting 10%. Um, too low and smoke like you
0: just challenge our listeners.
2: Oh, I'm challenging him. Bring it on! Like, if anything, it's got to it's got to be the work. goatee. Yeah, come on, let's go. Um, smoke over Tulo, I just can't see it. Like, too uh, as much as like low, you know. Sorry, as much as Justin Smoke like had a, a really solid tenure, Never heard him complain. Always did his job. Like his last year with the Blue Jays was super productive. Um, he was a nice power hitter, switch hitter. You'd like to see that. Um, another guy that Gibby loved. Tula Whiskey is just like he I just feel like he's a bona fide Hall of Famer, right? And I know like the last couple years of his his career might have uh diminished the value of him as a as a first ballot Hall of Famer, I would say. I do think he'll get in. But like not only did you know they replaced Tula with uh, Jose Reyes, they brought in LaTroy Hawkins with that trade as well, and he was pretty solid out of the pen when it came to that to that 2015 run. Um, so I, I think Tulo might get the edge there. I got to give it to Russell Martin. Like, it, it, There's an unfortunate reality that he had to play with the Dodgers because I really... No offense to Montoya, but I really wanted Russell Martin to be the manager of this team. Like, There was that last game that he managed as a Blue Jay that he actually managed the team. Um, and I was like, that seems like it's writing on the wall that he's going to be the next guy and he ended up playing for the Dodgers and continued his career um, I just have a feeling that he'll come back to be a solid manager most the ex-catchers are right. a lot of ex-catchers become phenomenal managers and it wouldn't surprise me if Russell Martin was in that boat and as Brendan you mentioned he's Canadian so that will probably give him a little bit of an edge there so I'm going to go with Martin and I think the Vladdy and E.E. Poll will be closer than we think. I, I don't think it's going to be an annihilation, but I do see Edwin. You guys make some very very solid points. I do see Edwin advancing in that one too. So I'm going to say Donaldson, Tulo, Martin, Edwin.
0: Can I ask one thing on the Russell Martin thing? Sure. sure. Just because this popped into my head when you were talking that he could have been the Mar- the Blue Jays manager. Would the only, yeah, only thing
3: on that point too? Yeah. <laughs> would the only thing done. that
0: would be more fitting? For Russell Martin than being a Blue Jays manager, as if the Montreal Expos come back and there Russell Martin oh, is,
2: the, is the
0: manager for
3: the That'd Montreal Expos.
2: That'd be amazing.
0: Expos. Amazing. The, sign
3: it up. That would that would that would line up well with the end of his career, right? Like, I mean, I, I know if Russell Martin still at the Dodgers this year? No, I he's, he's going to be their backup. Oh, he's right. He's a, free he's a free agent.
0: market. The rumor was is, that the yeah, Miami I mean, Marlins were knocking at the door before the COVID stuff. That everything went silent.
3: Interesting. And it could line up nicely where he takes a few years off. Maybe he gets one more kick of the can on the minor league deal and then calls it quits and comes back as a manager. I, I'd love if he came back as a Blue Jays manager. I still think that this is a conversation for another day, but I believe I've been on record whether it's on Jaber Watcher or not. I still believe Charlie Montoyo is just a placeholder as a manager until the team gets good. And then they get replaced with somebody a little more seasoned like a John Schneider or, it could be somebody else but i still i would be an interesting could, conversation uh, i agree i think we could save that and table it for another time but uh yeah i i have long thought that maybe it's either going it to be Snyder or somebody else
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah the team's
0: document. <laughs>
2: let's let's uh let's table that conversation because brendan you know spoiler alert, i'm with you and i was reluctant to say it because i was uh, worried about the backlash but you know better you than i but uh so let's move there. on Yeah, let's let's move on to a a different type of bracket. Let's talk about how the MLB is going to seemingly handle this COVID crisis um, and get the baseball season underway. So. It seems that the sports world is looking for ways to sort of have live games go underway in some fashion. You have the NBA outlining a 25-day plan to continue the season. And you also have the MLB starting to develop plans to get its season underway as well. So the league would be shifted a bit with unfamiliar divisions. The plan is, according to Jeff Passon of ESPN, it's described as, quote, Arizona or bust which makes me believe that Arizona is going to be the primary location for a theoretical uh, resurrection of the baseball season with Florida being uh, in the mix as well. So right now, it's, the plan is is to have the teams play in their respective string, uh, spring training facilities. Um, and this is breaking news today. They're participating, the MLB that is, is participating in a large COVID antibody study with up to 10,000 tests taken nationwide over the next two days. And the hope from researchers is to have uh, more of a robust understanding of how this virus is spread and the degree in which it spreads. So my question to you guys is, we also learned that the Florida governor is deeming sports live, professional, nationwide, broadcasted sports. It's very important that we understand that because that excludes minor league So the governor of Florida is uh, proposing that those types of sports are considered essential businesses, which opens up the door for the MLB to make its way back in that area of the country. How do you guys feel about this? It seems to me that this is being a little forced, but I'm curious to get your guys' takes on that. We'll start with Brendan. What do you think, man?
3: Yeah, I I think the Arizona plan and, and just if Florida's involved as well, does seem a little bit forced. Um, I mean, I, I, would, I, I want there to be a season, and I know you guys do too, as do so many other people. We want the ability to watch baseball on our TVs and, and see this team grow even further, but I want to do it when it's safe to do so. Like I don't want uh, them to start playing. And who knows? Like People will start going on the disabled list, so they'll have to just cancel it down again if, if they go back to normal and start playing even if they do social distance themselves or physical distance themselves. One per- it takes only one person in the major leagues when, if this does start up again to get sick for it all to be shut down again. So, I, I mean, as much as we want to seize it, it's getting harder and harder to imagine that they will be. Um, but if this is the only way we're going to get it, to it when it's safe to do so. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that there's been chatter when uh, things go along, if they do start in Arizona or Florida that the hope is to by the end of the season if things do clear up and travel restrictions are lifted for players and teams to go back and start playing in their normal home ballparks but i don't know i i, I want it to happen but i i would prefer it be done when it's safe to do so so that none of the players risk themselves getting sick and who knows that could spark up way too of coronavirus because one player gets it they go back to their families or do whatever they're doing and uh, it just starts all back up again. So, no, I, I, I don't like it. I'd rather than do it when it's safe to do so.
0: Right. So I have two incredibly blunt statements. Sure. <laughs> sure. So first things first, I think Brennan is right about this being safe to do so when they can type thing. Because I think right now the only thing that would be more detrimental to the whole baseball or even the sports world is, hey, hey, we opened the doors for a week and then, by the way, we slammed them shut a week later. Yes. I, yeah. I just think that would be... You talk about disheartening everybody to that point, where you got our hopes up just so enough, just so you could you know, chop us off in the legs with a baseball bat. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so, And then, the second point I'm going to make, and this one is going to be politically charged, when the idiot in charge can't even figure out what the fuck to do. How the hell is Major League Baseball going to do? <laughs> right. So just saying.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't I don't consider that to be controversial at all, but you're right. Let's let's table the politics the, even though I completely never, like
1: I said, I'm an incredibly blunt take. <laughs> t- <laughs>
2: yeah. Um but you all right, so it, it it gets a lot more interesting when you uh really investigate what the governor of Florida is is doing. And again, politics aside, he's sort of Trump's lackey here, but for me it's it's a forced issue, right? He's he's saying that essential businesses are nationwide professional sports that are broadcasted nationwide, I should say. Um, so that excludes minor leagues, okay? Inevitably, someone, if, let's just say they bring it back for the sake of argument, Arizona, Florida, and they have these grapefruit cactus leagues, right? Inevitably, someone's going to get hurt in the grapefruit league. So you're going to have minor league players that aren't warmed up, aren't stretched out aren't ready because they're not deemed essential right because they're not broadcasted nationwide Mm -hmm. right so they can't warm up they can't play they're going to be cold and that's going to be even worse for their development do we really want that like do we want like an anthony k who's going to be theoretically in in buffalo do we want him to just come up to the blue jays when someone gets hurt in the starting lineup and be like okay here you go bro go in there and stretch your <laughs> arm out, do the you best you can. You no,
0: nightmares about what yeah would freaking Yeah, no, me too.
2: <laughs> you know, I don't want that. I don't <laughs> want that at <laughs> all. And you know, like, what's even more, are they testing these players every day? And if they are, oh man, you're gonna have a lot of bad PR. You wanna know why you're gonna have a lot of bad PR? It's because, look, I don't care about me as an individual. You wanna test MLB players before me? have at it like i am nothing when it comes to this but those in the front lines like all the hospital and healthcare workers all the policemen out there the pharmacists all them you're gonna test mlb players on the reg before them Mm -mm. no that's not gonna fly and that's why i feel like this is a forced issue no way this flies no matter how much the governor of florida wants to push the issue this is not gonna fly in the court of public opinion
0: not to mention how long so, it takes to even get diagnosed if you do get tested.
2: Well, that brings up a good point. So now, like I was, uh, I just missed the boat last week. The next day, Rhode Island implemented a fifteen-minute test. You get your results in <laughs> oh, fifteen wow. minutes. Yeah, you know, there so was like such
0: thing, I thought it was yes. the three day. Had to wait for the nope. biopsy to come back. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so did I, but now they implemented Maybe a pound a fast of flesh track. to
0: find out if I have a virus. <laughs>
2: no, nope, no, it's Rhode Island was the first state to implement a 15 minute test. Um, so that's now nationwide. So th- it will be quick, but still, you want that for your health care workers, wouldn't you not? Brendan, what do you think? Yeah,
3: I mean, the, the other thing, kind of just building off of the nationally televised thing, what I think when I hear that is games on like. ESPN or mm. the Fox Saturday afternoon game. So what happens when you want to show a blue Jays game on TV and it's being showed up in Canada, that's not essential to a market in Arizona or a market in Washington. Like who's going to tune into that? I know there's right. brands around the world that will, or around North America that will want to watch that. But like it, it, even even today, all the broadcast rights that these teams have with, with certain broadcasters, like all those different little Fox outlets, like Fox sports, Florida or Tampa, whatever it's called or, Fox Sports, whatever it West, is, like those are North, yeah, whatever the
0: hell it is. All those different ones;
3: those aren't nationally broadcasted. Like those are regional. You couldn't watch that, like a Tampa Bay Rays game, on the Fox channel in in Washington State. I don't believe on the total other end of the country. So, uh, I I don't know if the article gets into specifics on that, but like the only thing that would be national would be showing it on an ESPN or a TBS or a Fox, like the Joe Buck broadcast of mm-hmm, right on Saturday sh- game so, <laughs> so I, I'm not exactly sure how this could happen but yeah there's going to be an incredible amount of PR uh, issues with it too if they go about it plus I didn't even think about it. Adam you make a very good point if minor league baseball isn't essential and an injury happens what the hell happens then like these guys are not ready to play baseball unless you have that build-up period and there's an endless amount of roster spots that you can fill or you expand it to even 50 just to protect yourself in the event of injury and to deem all of those players as essential i don't know it, it seems like way too many logistical hurdles and things that haven't actually been truly thought over
0: is it bad well, if it, i think there was more thought out to the whole japan idea than this whole idea
2: right right <laughs> i don't
0: disagree with you <laughs> well there is there is life
2: yeah there is live baseball right now in taiwan like, there was a game in, in Taiwan, uh, I think a day or two ago, and they didn't have crowds, but they put, like, fake dolls and mannequins in in the stadium to make it look <laughs> like that, and they had, like, a robot band playing. But, you know, Brendan, when you when you say that, I don't necessarily disagree with, like, the, the concept of, like, having a, a, an expanded roster. But now, like, think about it. If you're going to have 50 players per team, that's 100 people in the stadium at once plus the medical staff plus the coaching staff plus the broadcast crew plus like anybody that is able to be in the in the in the stands in terms of spectators but even if we're removing that like that is well within the realm of like 150 people is that what we should be promoting when it comes to social distancing? Like, it, it, sure, you could say, like, hey, we're going to loosen it a little bit. In, in Rhode Island right now, it's five. So, like, say, okay, we're going to loosen it to 20. That's a drastic shift in terms of what's happening. But if, the, if Florida wants to go to, like, 150, my God, like, that just seems so detrimental. So, for me, like, this is just forcing it. It's just forcing the issue. However, I will say... That if you guys saw, it's pretty much the the exact replica of the um, of the minor league system. The divisions are the only positive thing out of this because even though the new york yankees <laughs> yeah. would still be in the blue jays divisions you have the phillies the tigers and the pirates in that division and that to me i love that like give me that i'd be okay <laughs> with it <laughs>
0: yes
2: yeah
3: i i think that i think this team could go toe-to-toe with the phillies and battle it out with them as the main two competitors but the pirates and tigers and you could kick the shit out of them that's like having two baltimore orioles in your division
2: <laughs> yeah, and, they're and not it gets far rid of Tampa. <laughs> yeah, it gets rid of Tampa and Boston. Like, so the north would be New York, as I just mentioned, Philly, Toronto, Detroit, Pittsburgh. South: Boston, Minnesota, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, and Baltimore. East: Washington, Houston, Mets, Cardinals, Marlins. I love that. I love it. They nice my that division. <laughs> yes. Yeah, all
3: right. The other two divisions are tough. Like, you got some really legitimate teams in there that could challenge for the World Series. Other than the Yankees, the Blue Jays division is pretty easy. (laughs) Where's my wild card,
0: bitches? Yes. That's right. (laughs) So can I point out one random fun thing that just happened to pop into my head, Adam, when you were talking about the social distancing thing? Yeah, yeah. How much social distancing is between the catcher and the umpire? Good call. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Or Good call.
0: umpire to hitter or catcher to hitter. <laughs> right. right. Where's the robot umpire at this point? Then That's, not my, that's the only thing you're going to be able to bring into this whole thing. Might have to. So it I just, that popped into my head. And I'm just like, okay, when, the, when I was even in Little League as a catcher, the freaking, you know, guys sitting there with the big chest protector bubble thing right two inches behind you screaming in your ear, spit Mm -hmm. flying. But don't worry about it. I'll be okay. (laughs) It's got to wear a bubble. There's a bubble as a catcher.
2: (laughs) Not to mention, like, where's the replay room? New York is the epicenter of this right now. Where is the replay room? Who's working the replay room during this? Like, is that office social distance? Is that office adhering to this? Like, there's so many little nuances that you have to get like situated that for me it's just like I love baseball guys I want to see this team this year specifically we all had high hopes but not that he, at the expense of anybody's health because Craig you pretty much nailed it like this is the nuclear option right they 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 postpone the season right if you bring it back just to pull the plug again you're going to have more people pissed off than just having it postponed or canceled without any games at all like don't give them the cock just give them like a a, a a reason like a, a responsible reason to cancel it and just move on and just have your site set for 2021 yeah. at this point that to me is just the best way to go about it
0: this is the strike of 1994 all over again if they yes. juggle this funked up period yeah there's no other way of saying <laughs> this will be the reason a team loses a city period if this mm-hmm. goes bad you know there's already you know this is the Tampa Bay exactly this yeah, will be the reason please. that we will have the x-rays you know it was, it's it's insane the fact that I would and look you all I started this podcast because I love baseball and I have a sick obsession with it I'm sorry the segue the MLB the show thing is not quite cutting it all right
2: <laughs> do you want to go into that do you want to you want to say go into that
0: you're the host my friend <laughs> all right, let's let's do it. So, speaking
2: of quenching, this is how I introduce the segment in my little notes. Speaking of quenching the thirst of baseball fans, uh, every there's a there's a representative for all 30 teams participating in a in a virtual uh, clash on MLB the Show. Um, I want to say it's broadcasted on Twitch, which is pretty cool. Um, I like the fact that they have representatives of each team going at it toe-to-toe with their teams. In fact, I saw a video of Bo, B- Bo Bichette. Is, I should mention, is the representative for the Blue Jays. Bo Bichette hit a home run on the show as Bo Bichette. I oh. thought that was kind of <laughs> cool. So, um, Bo knows the show.
0: But,
2: yeah, he knows. But for me, like, same thing with the NBA with the little horse thing that they did, this with the MLB the show. I don't care. This is not enough for me. Like this, this, this does nothing but frustrate me. I have no time for this. I have no interest in watching. This is just me personally. If you guys or anybody that's listening has an interest and find it entertaining, more power to you. I hope this, you know, sort of carries you over until the the actual game start. But uh, Craig, what do you think? Like it seemed like you were sort of bullish on this. Do you endorse this? Do you care about it? Is this enough to fill the void? What do you make of this?
0: It's not enough to really fill my void, but honestly, I have to give MLB and whoever came up with this idea props because at a minimum here, I'm getting to see more of Major League Baseball players. This is Mm. something that they could have done in the season. Anyways, And it wouldn't have been a problem for me just because of the fact that I get to see Boba Shett reacting to Boba Shett hitting a home run. I thought that was kind of fun, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. kind, you know, <laughs> it, it's, you know, it, the fact that even, you know, in the game, it does his little bat flip and everything, you know, it's good stuff. But the fact that, you know, I, I'm getting to see Tyler Glasnow now and all these other guys in a, in a casual light instead of being so super serious while they're on the mound or on the field or hitting. It's kind of fun, don't get me wrong, but like I said, it's not quite quenching my thirst for actual baseball, especially when I am completely just decimating my own major league baseball the show account <laughs> and I'm in right. the year like twenty twenty eight with the Toronto Blue Jays and I don't even and I only have Bo and Vlad left. Everybody else is just random <laughs> generated shit. <laughs> but I do have Bo and Vlad still. Just saying.
2: There you go. There you go. What do you think, Brendan?
0: Yeah,
3: I'm in the exact same boat as you, Craig. It's uh it definitely is not question thirst at all. Um I it, but I do like it from the fact that you get in to see the players' personality sign out a little bit more because uh we're always complaining about how we never get to see baseball promote their players as good as like the NFL does or the NBA does and even the NHL. So it's getting to do that a little bit more. Uh I mean hey, if you are happy doing that and wasting your night because I think it would be watching somebody play a video game go for it but like I'd much rather be the person playing like Craig like what you're doing with your MLB the show I'd rather do that that would quench the series much more for me it's just unfortunate I'm really hooked on FIFA 20 in my manager mode so I have not (laughs) bought the show yet so I have not transferred over there but when I do eventually get MLB the show if there is no baseball then that will be enough for me but Bill, going back to something just really quickly, I'm very happy that the season did not start and then only have it shut down like two days after opening day because I can deal with it never starting the regular season and having to put up with all this crap then it's starting shutting down, starting back up again and then just going away for the year so but yeah, no it's uh,
0: plus not you have doing weekly it. therapy here.
3: Exactly, we can we can, we can do stuff like what we're doing. We can still come up with topics of discussion. So now, if there is no season, it'll be interesting to see what we're talking about in August or even December, but we could figure it out.
0: Does the season next year start early? <laughs> is my question. Mm, Are we talking like not. Florida Baseball League only to start off? Like an extended spring training that starts in like fucking January? <laughs> I mean,
2: I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed.
0: Yeah, I'm not, opposed. Whatever, why not, right? I'm we have not this opposed. little like Ha- or make the world baseball classic like, like a lawn thing instead of a couple weeks <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> to be next year i forgot about that <laughs> ah maybe i stumbled onto something
2: <laughs> <laughs> well you know for me like i again i i said i don't really care to watch video games like personally like i just don't have the time like if i'm being honest um but for me it's just i'd rather see you know coupled with what you just said brendan about like how they're bringing the personalities out and how the ml i mean the nba does a really really good job of doing that compared to the mlb i'd rather see more like shoot interviews from trevor bauer about what's going on (laughs) like you know like yeah dude like bring it on like i i want to see more like if uh, or this like maybe he's listening maybe he has nothing else to do and is listening alex Anthopoulos. Let go of all your secrets that happened with the Blue Jays and <laughs> turn them into a podcast. No, really, I would love to hear all of them, like all the what-if trades, the trades that almost happened and didn't. Like, let let all the cards out. Show your hand and let's see. Uh, like, have sit down for an interview with, I don't know, pick your poison, Jamie Campbell or someone. And just divulge into all the trades that never happened that could have or how it was in the front office. You know, during the time that Shapiro came in and that weird, awkward conversation when you wanted autonomy and uh, Shapiro said no, and you know we want to work as a team, like all that is so entertaining. I'd rather have stuff like that than watch video games. I, I, not to disrespect anybody that loves this stuff, but for me, the the behind-the-scenes stuff right now—you're not doing anything else. Just dig deep and and do it. I would love to see something like that. Name that podcast, Adam Corsair. (laughs)
0: <laughs> why does that happen Alex Anthopolis I'm saying name that if he, oh. he does all his secrets is it <laughs> is it AA acknowledges AAA <laughs> or... <Ooh.
1: laughs>
0: that's a good one actually
2: oh <laughs> I like that
0: point I for like creativity my friend that's awesome uh, yes. <laughs> like, no brains no headache The stuff just kind of leaks right out man <laughs>
3: I don't know
2: how I'll, I'm the worst Coming up with this kind of stuff <laughs> Listen, I'll, uh, Alex If you're listening, I'll interview you I'll ask you the tough <laughs> questions and As long as you promise me you'll answer them Without giving me any sort of cliches But not really, like, what do you guys think of that Would you rather, I'm just spitballing here Would you rather have something like that presented to you Or would you rather have what we're seeing now Or both, like, what, what do you think we should, we should be having during this off time
3: Yeah, I'm totally down for Like, podcasts or just interviews with players or anything because now is the time to listen to podcasts in my mind. Like if you're working from home and you don't have any calls throughout the day, you just put on a few podcasts and your day is done after you listen to a few. Or if you're getting outside for a run or doing your own at-home workout, it'd be perfect just to listen to the thoughts of a Trevor Bauer or whoever it is that wants to talk about what they're doing to get through COVID-19 and how hopeful they are for a season or just anything like that. I just think... Sharing tips for what people are doing for getting through COVID and staying somewhat active and keeping a good, healthy mindset would be a very good way to promote it. And like, I, like you said, Adam, I don't, I don't have the time to watch players playing video games, even though it creates some good content for social media, like the Bo Homer dead. It like, just doesn't do it for me. I'm not interested right. at all.
0: <laughs> I think we all just officially said that we're not, or we're too old to... <laughs> I feel like I missed the boat on the whole thing, is like I just crushed video games, especially Counter Strike when I was in high school and everything. And now people make fucking fortunes on that shit. Where the hell was that (laughs) when I was goddamn high school, man?
2: (laughs) Well, speaking of being too old, this is my final segue. Let's talk about David Wells, because David (laughs) Wells is kind of in the crosshairs of a lot of Blue Jays fans, even though I don't necessarily think it's warranted, but we'll get into the minutiae here. Yeah, David Wells made some uh, comments recently when asked what was the worst moment of his career. He said, and I quote, when I was traded to Toronto in 1999. Uh, This got a lot of backlash from a lot of Blue Jays fans and expectedly so, as we have covered ad nauseum on the show and on South the Six podcast as well. Toronto fans are very guarded and very proud of their teams, whether it be the Maple Leafs, whether it be the Raptors, the Blue Jays, or all three of them combined. We are a very proud bunch, and we will defend our team to the death because that is what we have to do as fans of those teams. Um, so this is no different. David Wells, uh, these these comments uh, struck a chord. However, it should be noted that within the article, he did come out and say and acknowledge Uh, Hey guys, I didn't want to go there because I hated the front office. And if you remember anything about the 1999 front office, I can't necessarily blame him. So when it comes to the minutia, do you think that this was an era in sort of clickbait uh, mentality that that was the headline that came out? Do you think this is an irresponsibility in journalism that that wasn't focused on a little bit more? Or do you think, no, Toronto fans have a, a right to be a little upset about this, a little butthurt when it comes to David Wells' comments? We'll start with you, Craig. What do you think?
0: He tends to be super blunt, but I do think the fact that he, if you look at his tenure in Toronto, first time and this time, <laughs> the guy finished third in the Cy Young race in 2000. So mm. clearly, regardless of what his issues were with the front office... He was doing pretty damn good as a 20-game winner. (laughs) So it could have been a lot worse. But the fact that this comes out at a time where everybody's paying attention, it's probably getting scrutinized a little bit more too. But I would have really liked to have seen the full context of that at first because this is a guy that started his career with the Toronto Blue Jays. He can't hate Toronto specifically. There has to be more to the story is what i thought when i originally read it i'm like yeah alright whatever i'll read the rest of it later <laughs> when i swiped mm. so that's how my opinion was with it but like i said he if he really hated it there he could have not shown up he was 36 years old at that time guys you know yeah <laughs> he could have yeah eh, fuck it i'm not coming back
2: screw it what do you think Brennan?
0: yeah i
3: think uh this is a classic case of Toronto sports fans being a little bit too guarded and, and proud I mean there's nothing wrong with being proud but like this kind of falls in line with me when, when people got upset at uh, Harold Reynolds making the comment of oh Canadians can catch a baseball or whatever the comment was in the, during the playoff game in, in game one or whatever it was or whatever upset them but just I think it's just classic Toronto fans uh, I've said it from time to time for certain things like Adam as a Raptors fan you remember when people were starting to complain that the fact that the Raptors kept on getting scheduled for the first playoff game at twelve thirty in the afternoon on the Saturday afternoon, they got that like three or four years in a row before yep. they finally got the different ones. I just think it's just classic. Uh, us or, um, everybody in the U.S. it's the U.S. bias that people think exists. I do believe it to a point, and that will probably come with teams in a team in Canada. Uh, but I think people also just aren't listening to what David Wells ended up saying because he replied to somebody on Twitter saying, "You Blue Jays fans are crazy. I don't hate the the city or the fans. It was just the fact that I hated the front office." So yeah. people gotta chill. And you found like if you I was scrolling through his Twitter feed today, the people he replied to, like there was one guy from Collingwood, Ontario, which is about two hours north, maybe an hour and a half north of the city. And David Wells called him out I was like, yeah, Collingwood, I've been there, I love it. So he's obviously been around mm-hmm. much more than just Toronto as a city. He's been up north, probably the cottage country. So I think people got to chill. It's just a classic case of everybody getting upset uh, for either no reason or very inf- ill-informed reasons.
0: <laughs> Put it in his the perspective there, too. He threw his perfect game, or was it a no-hitter for the Yankees that year prior?
2: I think it was a perfect game. Yeah, so yeah. This is,
0: he was literally at the loftiest of highs as a 1998 World Series champion, right?
1: <laughs>
0: and then, yep. oh, by the way, you've been trained for Roger Clemens in a bag of balls. <laughs> 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 so,
2: yeah, I mean, it, it's for me, it's. You're right, Brendan. When it comes to like the perception from fans, when it comes to the city and and their teams, um, and I do agree with you that when it comes to a bias from the American media, um, so much so that like recently, I don't know if you guys heard this, but you know, for sticking on the Raptors for a second, uh, Stephen A. Smith, like a, a, a huge name and ESPN, huge basketball fan as well, uh, came on his radio show and said, "I do not want to see the NBA title outside of the United States again." Now to me yeah. that's not even that's not even subtle. That's not subtle. <laughs> like that's straight up like obviously he's entitled to his opinion but I would then counter would say, "Okay, uh do you want to see the Stanley Cup outside of Canada ever again because that's the same kind of thing even though basketball was invented by a Canadian." So for me it's kind of like, "Yes, I understand why, you know, tying it back I understand why Toronto fans are guarded when it comes to their teams I understand why looking at the headline and not reading the article would give them a sense of hey like back the fuck off this is our team like we're, we're very proud to be Canadian we're very proud to be Blue Jays fans and as you all should like don't get me wrong like, you should be proud of both of those things but it does lead me to believe that people are actually reading the articles. They're just reading the headlines, right? Read the article, like read what's in the articles, because yes, I do find this to be an error on the judgments of those producing the articles by just having that as a headline. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it is your responsibility as a reader to investigate and to see what exactly is going on when it comes to these comments. And maybe they're taken a little bit out of context. And in this case, they most certainly were.
0: So can I point out as an American that I'm re- even more insulted to be an American after that douchebag's comment? Something. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Oh, Stephen <laughs> A. Smith. Yes. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's ins- yeah, that, that, that pissed me
3: off too. I, I, I saw that. I was like, what, like, what the hell? Like, what dropped that on? Like, it, it, I, I, I do believe that there are people who legitimately hate the fact that there is a Canadian team in the NBA and a Canadian team in the MLB. There probably are people who absolutely hate that fact, but. Like that kind of a blunt comment from Stephen A. Smith that he doesn't want to see the NBA title outside of the United States is enough for me to say yeah, he hates the fact that there's a team in Canada. I don't think David Wells' comments was enough to make me say he hates that there's a team in Canada. He clarified it right away, like he wasn't afraid of that. I don't know if Stephen A. Smith explained his rationale or not for why he said what he said no. about the Raptors winning the title. So he did not that's sound enough like he stuck for me.
2: Exactly. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, so that's
3: that's you brought up an interesting like, point about clear. the hockey
0: thing, though, Adam. When was the last time a Canadian team won the Stanley Cup?
2: That's what I'm saying. Because yeah. it's been a
0: while. It's been yeah. a while.
2: Uh, you guys have three. won more gold Montreal medals
0: <laughs> in <it>. that <laughs> time than you have <laughs> anything. So that's – this is insulting. Can't we just all be happy to be playing – well, if we were playing sports, be playing and having a good competition, like, you know, every little league game I ever was a part of? Yeah. <laughs>
2: right and you know like this these are these are individuals and again this is not meant to be a racist comment, I promise you. But like these are also like in the mainstream media media that celebrate players like Mariano Rivera, celebrate players like David Ortiz, like celebrate these international players for being as great as they are. And they ought to be celebrated. Like Pedro Martinez. Like these players ought to be celebrated. They definitely should have, regardless of where they came from, regardless of their heritage. But it just seems like they're zeroing in on the Canadian aspect. And for me, like that's not fair. Like, really, that's not fair. We should be judging the team and those that play for the team based on their talents and not necessarily where their team is located, because let's face it, that's not to the fault of any of the players there, right? The players don't necessarily get to dictate who they play for. It's just most of it is just happenstance that they got drafted by the Blue Jays and worked their way up through the system. Now, I know for the longest time, like a lot of the Blue Jays players were were. You know, signed as free agents when especially in like the mid 2000s and the 2010s when they were dumpster diving. But at the same time, man, like, come on, like these are players that are are well regarded and it doesn't matter what team they play for. It shouldn't. What matters is who is the most entertaining team and who is the best team and you can argue that for the nba last year it was definitely the raptors they won the championship and you could argue in 2015 like the blue jays were definitely at the top of that list so it shouldn't matter where these teams are i'm kind of going down a rant here but it, as an american myself it does make me upset too so well, yeah i don't think
3: I, I think people need to also realize especially some of these sports media personalities that toronto is either the second or the third largest market in all of north america Yes. so much bigger than so many American cities that have teams it's a business at the end of the day baseball makes money off of Toronto a massive international city same with the NBA and the Raptors so it helps the league survive and gives them more money from a team in Canada or if the NFL decides to put a team in London like is there going to be an England bias among NFL fans and the Jaguars <laughs> oh, God, be there or like <laughs> Mexico City so like come on. It doesn't matter where they're located or anything. And I, I think players, uh, getting back on track here, but I think players who get drafted by Toronto and come up and make it to the big leagues and contribute to a successful club and see the fan base, they all say how lucky they are to have played in Toronto and be an honorary Canadian. And I think the majority of the people who have said that mean it and take it seriously. So whoever who thinks there's a bias or anything like that, or get rid of your bias because there shouldn't be one.
0: Not to mention the world we live in where there's literally something going around that doesn't give a shit.
3: I'm right. <laughs> just saying. Yeah,
0: but no, exactly. make these stupid <laughs> things that are literally made up by man as far as lines on a goddamn map. But don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway.
2: Anyway.
1: When is uh, the let's...
0: off-season NBA beer pond start? T- it's <laughs> <Yeah. Is> the <laughs> only thing I care about. hopefully soon
2: right now they're in the middle of their their horse tournament that i'm paying no mind to but uh (laughs) let's uh let's close this show up with uh, something that craig you wanted to bring up and i and i think it's worth mentioning uh, given the the residual effects of blue jays and former players uh pat Henkin put out a tweet regarding uh carlos delgado and his accomplishments uh he actually retweeted it um just for context here Matthew Brownstein, or Brownstein, I'm not sure how I how to pronounce it correctly, uh, posted a tweet saying that there are four players to post seasons with 95-plus extra base hits and an OBP of 470 or better. Those four players are Babe Ruth, no surprise there, Lou Gehrig, no surprise there, Barry Bonds, no surprise there, and Carlos Delgado. Pat Hankin went on to retweet that and I quote said my ex-team and teammate got screwed on the Hall of Fame. Not getting 5% of the vote is a crime. Craig, you wanted to bring this up. You brought this to our attention this morning. I figured I'd give you the ball with this man. What do you make of these comments and do you agree with Mr. Hankin?
0: First off, I love Pat Hankin just for the record. (laughs) (laughs) And this is just one of the many reasons why other than the fact that he is a great Blue Jay amongst himself. Carlos Delgado is a force, period. And the fact that he didn't get... I I quote, 3.3% of the votes for the 2015 Mm. Hall of Fame votes, guys. Ridiculous. This is a guy that is just, as far as a Blue Jay goes, perennial All star. Untouched in most offensive categories in those years only eclipsed by somebody named Alex Rodriguez in the na- in the year 2003. <laughs> mm. Just to put that into perspective, he's leading the Blue Jays in a lot of offensive categories, has almost 500 career home runs in 17 Major League Baseball seasons. Guys, this is the same almost insult that it is that Fred McGriff is not in the frickin' Hall of Fame. Mm. Batting over two you know 280 for his career, 483 home runs and just an ungodly amount of other offense (laughs) over 1500 RBIs guys it's just it's it's insane that he only gets that like I said 3.8 sorry percent of the votes in 2015 and Pat Haken hit the nail right on the nose, and honestly, I give that guy a lot of credit for pulling out that frickin' stat by uh, Matthew Brownstein, too. <laughs> That's insane. Those are guys that you wouldn't even think about not being in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds excluded for other reasons, but ridiculous. Just an obscene amount of production. And that wasn't even in his, what, quote-unquote MVP year in 2000? Yes. <laughs> so... Just to put that in perspective, that was one of the best offensive seasons by a Blue Jay in 2000 for for Carlos Delgado, and finished fourth in the MVP race that year.
2: Yeah, in 2003, he finished second too, Correct. so you're right. Yeah, you're dead on with that. Mm-hmm. It's, Fred, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to to belabor the point. Get
3: No, no, no worries. It's, um, yeah, I think, I mean, unfortunately I wasn't really much of a fan. I was just becoming a fan towards the end of Delgado's tenure as a blue jay but from everything i've seen and heard from everybody he was incredible i think it just delgado is one of the top cases for why the voting for the hall of fame should change a little bit uh because he definitely should still be on the ballot and be considered for cooperstown uh and good for rankin for publicly displaying his opinion and making sure it's known that delgado got screwed and i fully believe that he did get screwed over by the stupid rules that you, What is it You have to have Over 5% of the vote um, Yeah He would have been On the, the
0: ballot, ballot The following office. year Yes That's
3: Right the catch Yeah is. So he would have Been on it And you don't fall off So I think he should have um, yeah, Still been on it And he probably Still should be um, So Yeah I, I, I'm glad that Hankin is Stepping up And in, in saying that uh, He got screwed over Because he definitely did
0: I gotta look and see Who else was on that ballot That year Because that was a big ballot Yeah so. It was. It's a pretty big name. <laughs> the guys that made the Hall of Fame that year were Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, John Smoltz, and Craig Vigio. And then later Hall of Famers and Mike Piazza, Jeff Bagwell, Tim Raines, Lee Smith, Edgar Martinez, Ellen Trammell, Mike Christina, and soon-to-be Hall of Famer Larry Walker. So mm. you could make the argument that, he was shoved off the ballot because of all this competition. But the fact that somebody like Nomar garcia Para gets 5.5%, that's where Ridiculous. I'm assaulted. <laughs> or the fact that you somehow, for some reason, knew that steroid user Sammy Sosa keeps 6.6% <laughs> yep. or anything like that. There was room to be had here because I'm sorry to say Carlos Delgado is not in the Aaron Bird or Aaron Boone, Darren Erstad, Tony Clark ballpark of this ballot. Like he ended up getting locked into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's better than that. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> Just a touch.
2: Yeah. It's a shame. It's a shame because like, he, uh, we touched on this a couple weeks ago. He's provided a lot of special moments for this blue Jays team, especially when times weren't so great. Right. And, you know, I, 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 I don't even think there's a sense of bias there as blue jays fans i do think that he he's well deserving of this and it's a shame um unless there's a shifting in the rules or craig what's that th- what's that section of the hall of fame that you can still get voted in even if you don't deserve it remember we had a whole episode about that
0: <laughs> you're talking about the, the harold baines yeah. clause yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't. I, I don't think they call it the Veterans Committee, but it's the New Era Baseball Committee or something like that. And I know it's a lot of players that have to do with voting on it, and coaches. So I know Tony La Russa has part of that, and a few other ex-managers. And I honestly, outside that, I don't know who else is part of that ballot. But if somebody like Harold Baines is going to ride in on what everybody knew about Harold Baines is what it more or less sounded like. Everybody knew quote unquote, that Harold Baines is a hall of famer. I know that hall of fame should be calling Carlos Delgado. So if that little, the Carlos Delgado is the exact reason that committee, in my opinion exists for the baseball hall of fame. So if, he somehow slips through that in the next couple of years here when he would be eligible for that. I don't know the closing, but I know it's a few years removed from your original Hall of Fame disvoting, basically. Um, he's got to get on that. This is also a yeah. guy that, don't forget, guys, in 2006 with the Mets had a hell of a playoff appearance, too. Four home runs, bed 351 with 11 RBIs. That's just slightly subtle. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> That's almost pr- producing a one-win war in like ten games. <laughs> so, but Pretty no, don't good. worry about it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a so. guy that played up until thirty-seven, and you know, even though in his two thousand nine final season, he didn't play a lot of games. He only played twenty-six. He still had a batting average of about 300. It's impressive. Like, And I know uh, being in Rhode Island, he tried to make a comeback with the Red Sox. He played down in Pawtucket for a little bit before calling it a career. Um, still kind of cool, Like, but I, I think this guy is a Hall of Famer. I think Henkin, uh, I, I love it. I love the tweet. I love the stat. And uh, again, like during this time, it gives you something to talk about. And if we have to dig through and show our angst that someone you know that is deserving of the Hall of Fame didn't make it, I'm for it. I'm here for it. And that's why we're covering it. So, um, that might be a nice, you... fun future episode right there in the
0: making. Is yeah. A lot... I think yeah, we did this at go. one point, but it was before I had you two involved on the show. is It was re- emulating an article I had written at the time, either for South of the Six. Or Jay's Journal. I don't remember which. It was in that borderline where I switched. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but there is a lot of Blue Jays for a good conversation in the same ballpark here. I think Delgado is probably the most deserving out of that group. But I didn't touch on another one in Fred McGriff. John Olrude got a bad shake. Dave Steeb was even heard of basically during his freaking outing on the Baseball Hall of Fame and is you always in the same voice as Jack Morris in the 80s. Yep.
2: So you might have dug into something there. (laughs) Let's table that one. But uh, for now, uh, that's all I got. That's all the material I have for you guys today. Uh, As always, when it comes to the three of us, we went a little bit long, but I'm not complaining at all because, uh, you know, with the void of the sports world here, minus MLB the show, of course, but with the void of live actual (laughs) human bodies playing sports, I love having these conversations. And uh, now that I'm part of the team, I hope we can do this on a weekly basis, and I have no doubt that with three of us and our creative minds, that we'll be able to find some really good content, aside from the bracket, which is brilliant in and of itself. But when it comes to headlines and stuff, they will keep coming. So with that, uh, you guys know the deal. Uh, You guys can promote your Twitters, where people can find you. We'll go Brendan, we'll go Craig, and then I'll wrap it up. Go ahead.
3: Everybody who's listening, make sure you are voting in on the matchups as we continue to go along the outfielders we're about halfway through so keep on voting it'll be all done tomorrow and then we'll probably launch the last portion the relievers maybe on thursday maybe tomorrow evening uh and yeah just keep stay tuned to that at uh, the jaybird watching twitter account uh and i usually retweet and retweet with comment uh every matchup uh on my account at panic 37 So follow like it and vote on it and let's have some fun and putting some of these people forward and, Start conversations. That's the one thing I'm a little disappointed hasn't happened. There's been a few people replying being like, holy crap, why is Kobe Raskin the fourth seed? And it's like, well, that's just how bad the Blue Jays outfield has been. (laughs) So let's go. Let's have some conversations about these brackets too. So, yeah, that's all I got too. (laughs) Craig? All you're telling (laughs)
0: me is I should have done a little bit better in high school baseball, and I might have had a chance (laughs) in the outfield. (laughs) Uh, I I think so. I think you did. (laughs) Switch hitter in high school, just saying. (laughs) So... As far as future goes, I'm glad that we have Adam on board and I couldn't be more excited about the fact that we got somebody joining us here and making this more of a kind of like a Saturday Night Live reoccurring (laughs) kind of thing going on here (laughs) with with who's hosting each week. And it has bred wonderful fun and whatnot here on the show. So I can only encourage what Brendan was saying as well as join this conversation. We originally created this show as a game cast, We were hoping to have long conversations while we were watching the game with everybody and have it just out on the live thing. Adam was in with me on this to begin with, and we had a couple of good times with that. So please jump in on Twitter at BirdwatchingGC and join this conversation that we have here on Watchings. We're here for you. It's the barroom chat that we have created here for all of us.
2: I agree, and I am... uh... I'm proud to be part of the show. If you guys are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, like anything that's going on during this pandemic, if you can support your local businesses, support your local podcast hosts, it'd mean the world to us to give us five stars and a quick review on Apple Podcasts. That helps keep the lights on and that helps get our name out there and really helps uh, makes us more accessible to those that are looking for Blue Jays content. And we want to interact with as many of you as possible. So if you can do that, that helps us out a bunch but uh look if you want to find me i am at adam corsair that's c-o-r-s-a-i-r i I also run at south of the six that's a toronto raptors based thing so if you're into the raptors you can follow me over there and my wife and i started a podcast it's called while she's napping if you're interested in hearing married couples talk about absolutely nothing well that's the place where you can go and (laughs) listen to us surprisingly
0: a good time (laughs) thank you thank you my wife steals the show on that for
2: sure it's a good um, thing you have other outlets, my friend. I, I agree. And look, if you think I sound like an idiot here, wait until you listen to my wife talk to me and she'll blow me out of the water when it comes to intelligence. So uh, if you if you guys want to listen to that, I appreciate it. But uh, that's all we got for you. Uh, it's been Brendan Panikar, Craig Porton, and myself. We are out of time, and we know what you guys want to hear. We'll end this up with a Let's Go Blue Jays chant. Gentlemen, take it away.
0: Let's go, Blue Jays. Let's go, Blue Jays. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch
1: today.